This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's Super Saturday at JCPenney. Shop in-store or at jcp.com to save up to 60% on hundreds of super deals this Friday and Saturday. Get select kitchen appliances for just $29.99 each. Or rewards members get select diamond jewelry for $25 each. Or shop and save an extra 30% with coupon. Need it fast? Pick up your order curbside. Joy, comfort, peace. JCPenney. Offers valid 12, 18 to 12, 19. Conditions and exclusions apply. Kitchen electrics limited to 10% coupon discount. $25 jewelry excluded from coupons and rewards. See store or jcp.com for details. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Paul with John Crane here to cover everything in our Angels Weekend podcast. And by everything, we're talking about that debacle down in Mexico this weekend. John, how you doing, man? Derek, I don't know about you, but I'm actually podcasting from Friday when we're riding a four-game uh, win streak. <laughs> uh, we got the bullpens kind of straightened out. Um, I don't know. Are, where, you're in Sunday? Where, what, what happened in Houston? <laughs> well, I don't, do, we, do we really want to talk about it? Not really, but are we going to have to? Yeah, I think we will. It's yeah. not not our happiest day by a long shot. But, you know, this series kind of exposed a lot of things. That we, we probably already knew, but, you know, it just affirms those things. You kind of, after we get a six out of seven games, you get a winning streak going, and you kind of forget the real quality of the teams that are out there. And now we know, right? Now we can go ahead and put this in the bag and say, okay, this is what we can expect. This is where we're going. And also, it didn't help that they really did play in a hitter's ballpark this weekend, by the way. That was a hitter's ballpark. And the, well, the Astros up- have some hitters. The upside is is that if you're going to lose to a team, I guess losing to a team that won the World Series two years ago is is and and you're beat and beat the, the teams you got to beat. But if you're going to really really you know go ahead and make it a go out of the season, you got to beat these teams and not and not only beat them, you you can't get crushed by them. You are so flustered right now. You're just kind of trying to find words. <laughs> That's me after any Rams loss or when I'm talking to Jim Everett. <laughs> Probably would be me if I met Bobby Gritch too. I'd probably be like, "Oh my gosh, Bobby Gritch!" Oh, I, I was Gritch. I was cool as a cucumber when I met Bobby Gritch. <laughs> I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. Oh, imagine how I would be if I met Tim Salmon. For all the professionals I have and all the professional media stuff I've done, if I ever met Tim Salmon, I would. I don't know what I would do. I'm serious. That's, that's the guy I grew up watching. Was it was Tim Salmon? Bobby Gritch was the guy who got me to enjoy the Angels. Tim Salmon was the first like big rookie who I followed growing up. That was Tim Salmon, and man, to have met to meet him and be like a larger than life figure. Now he's 
He's sitting outside of Angel Stadium at the end of every game every night. So you can stand there. Yeah. I've I'll take a picture. Uh, I, you don't actually get you – know, I've never gotten close to him, but within a few feet. you know, I've stood behind him and waved like a, like a maniac with my daughter to get on TV. <laughs> Which I think I've seen you do a few times, by the way. <laughs> um, more than a few. As long as, as long as my wife's not there, she don't have the patience for that. But my kids will, my kids will hang with me. <laughs> and so your wife will not tolerate you embarrassing her, but your kids are fine with it. Go ahead. You know. It's all right, Dad. It's not the – it's not the embarrassing part. She just wants to go home. <laughs> All right, folks. We're just getting started here, but if you like what we're doing, please get us, please check us out on iTunes or in subscribe. We could really appreciate the help there. We would also enjoy a five-star review to help us move up the charts. We've had a couple come in. I'll read the, that feedback a little bit later next this uh, upcoming week. If you want to earn it, great. Email us at talkinghalos at gmail.com and give us your feedback. We're open to it. We like hearing from uh, fellow listeners, fellow fans, and hopefully we can become the best Angels podcast out there. That's our goal. We want to provide good coverage for this team, and hopefully we can all commiserate together on nights like tonight when you've just seen your team get obliterated. Speaking of the Angels in Mexico, it was it's a nice experience, I think. You gave it two home games for it. They go down there yesterday, get blown out 14-2. to Tonight's not much better. We're 10-4, right? 10-4? It's, uh, yeah. Pretty ugly overall. Some things that go on there. The hitting, you know, I can't complain too much about the hitting. The Angels had some power this weekend. It was uh, especially today. But the pitching, absolutely, positively atrocious. There's no way There's no way around it. Trevor Cahill has given up double-digit home runs now. He looked awful yesterday. This is a guy in the past who's given up less than 10 home runs in a season at one point in his career. And here he is now over the double-digit mark and looking pretty horrid. Did you watch both games by chance, or did you just just sit there and turn off the TV? I didn't watch much of yesterday's game. I watched a lot of this today's game. Um, I did get to, yeah, and and like, I I mean, it's just being a fan, and and when they brought Brajosian in, I mean, it was just, I, it was predict. I mean, it was very predictable. And social media, just everybody angel on angel sites, they all blew up. I mean, how predictable was it that he would come in and give up a, uh, a grand slam? Um, Bajosian would. I, I told you, I mean, this is what, I mean, I, I love Mike Sosha. You talk about getting the chills when you get to meet somebody. When we got to, and I got to meet Mike Sosha last uh, year, that, that was a chill inducing moment for me. Um, but the man did frustrate me the way he had a quick hook with his pitchers. And, um, and um, this, and, and the, you know, they had a quick hook today, and you bring in Bedrosian with a, with the bases loaded. Um, I'm just, uh, I'm disappointed. I, I want to see some pitchers go longer. Let them work out of these right now, where it's, it's, you know, we have nothing to lose. Let 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 them pitch out of it. Let them see if they can pitch out of it. What's the worst case scenario? We could lose by six runs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I agree. I, I think. You know, especially for a guy like Matt Harvey, who coming off two really solid starts, especially give the guy a chance. He's still putting up arm endurance. He's still he's still working his way through, and I don't see it making a whole lot of sense if you want this guy to get the confidence back that he used to have. If you want him pitching like he used to pitch, you have to give him the chance to work through these things. What are you really saying to him at this point after two great starts? You take him out now. I, you You're know, saying I don't, I don't have confidence in you. Yeah, I just don't agree with that. Now, overall, I think 
Brad Austin has done all right this year in handling pitchers. I, I think he's usually found the right time. It's just the pitching's been awful. But today I do agree. You let him let, let him go through it. Let him let. What's the worst that'll happen is the way to go. You already got hammered yesterday. You're going to have a night off. Your your bullpen needs to actually be able to function come July, August, September. So let him work through it. And if he gives up a home run there, a grand slam, okay. Well, he didn't he didn't work through it. Take him out. What's the? I just sometimes you have to let it happen. When I was coaching basketball, I used to do the same thing. Sometimes you choose not to call a timeout when your team gets down because they have to learn to face adversity. They have to learn their way back. Matt Harvey's no rookie. We get that. But on the same token, when you're coming off injuries, major injuries, and you have to rebuild that psyche, you need to give you need to have the time, I believe, and the opportunity to fight these battles. And I I think Brad Osmus did him a disservice today. I don't think, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think, um, I don't think there's a lot of pressure on Brad Osmus in, at this point. So I'm not sure why he's so, you know, why he doesn't isn't a little more loose. Like Sosha, Sosha had pro, obviously had pressure on him last year, um, but I think Brad Osmus has has some at least for a couple of years has some autonomy where he can, you know, he can just. See who he really has here. Now, on the same token, I think there were some pauses to come out of the series hitting wise. I, I won't go anywhere pitching. We, what else can we say? The entire pitching staff over the last two days were horrid. You have to wonder what, what's going on with Trevor Cahill at this point. He's never been a top of the line starting pitcher, but. He's never been like this either. So what's going on with him? Is it just need time? Are his mechanics off? Is you know where where do you go from now from this point forward with him? Where do they go, John? What should they do with Cahill? I don't know what they would do with you know. Again, I'm a fan guy. I just I don't I don't have confidence in any pitcher we have on the mound. If Otani was on the mound, I'd have confidence in him, but. He's not going to be on the mound. Um, I, I do. You, I, I don't see any long-term prospects. Oh, well, oh, excuse me. Um, um, the kid, Griffin Canning. Yes, Griffin Canning. Um, there you go. There's there's somebody that I can see on this team in five years from now. But this has been the constant flow, ebb and flow of this team. Just the the pitching with the people that are our are our premier uh, prospects they're very sketchy very sketchy i just and and then the and then they pull them and the bullpen comes in and and uh and it breaks people's hearts including mine <laughs> breaks people's hearts I, I don't know if my heart's broken over it i can't tell you this engaging i've been engaging a lot more in a couple of the major facebook groups and a little bit on on twitter as well and I'm just seeing some really weird reactions. People are blaming Artie Moreno. They're blaming Epler. Saying neither one of them had you know are doing this. Listen, I don't think people realize what this team has to do long term. Their their farm system was drained, completely drained. They made several really big mistakes. With the salary, you know, with the with the payroll, okay, 
and now they got to fix that. It blows my mind that the Angels are fifth in the league in payroll with the roster they have. Well, I, 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 I we, we, we talked about this before. I, I do not, I will not accept blaming Artie Moreno. All that man is, is, is a, you know, a billboard, uh, uh, a millionaire with billboards. Man's not a you know, base. The man is an owner who hires people to do to do a good job for him. And when they come to him and they say, "Write me a check," he writes them a check. Um, so I mean, you cannot blame you. Know, this is not a cheap owner. This is not uh, you know, uh, uh, or cheap or, or maybe a not so rich owner or, or, or generous owner. You know, like this isn't Moneyball. Um, this is an owner who's more than willing to spend money to get people to make this team better. But there's just been really bad decisions made. Well, so then you can't hold them accountable for one thing. You can hold them accountable for hiring the people who's hired, and those people didn't do the job. Okay, we can hold them accountable for that. But you, I would not be saying the guy doesn't want to win, that he doesn't care about winning, that he is, does not want to put a good product in the field because anybody who knows anything really about Art Moreno knows he does want that. Now, whether or not you've hired the right people, clearly in the, in the past few years, that hasn't been the case. A couple of things. Should, was, how, great, how good a manager was Jerry Depoto? General manager. Looking back, how great a job did Jerry Depoto do with with his job? Not no, we, we haven't won in what eighteen years or seventeen years. Well, okay, I mean, well, they did it. They they went out and they go sign big names. Is what they do. They sign the pool holes, the Hamiltons, um, and um, Wilson. Yeah, C.J. Wilson. You know, they spend big money on big names without with that 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 produce little results. And unfortunately, I'm one of those people who gets excited when they get those big names. I get excited at first, and then once you see what we're saddled with, um, you know, it it comes around to to pay. You know, to well, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting a big name. What's wrong with getting a big name is. Gain that big name when they've crossed that peak moment. So now basically you're paying a person's salary for what they were and what they are, what they're going to be. And you're always going to pay a little bit of that for what they were. But you have to measure that threshold of how much money you're willing to invest in somebody, for example, who's over 30, over 31. And that was the big mistake with Pujols. You and I have had the Pujols conversation a lot. And we're going to have it more as he you know, gets to 2,000 RBIs and so on and so forth. But the reality is the Angels took a flyer, took a risk on several guys who had major either red flags on the record like a Hamilton or age-wise were now past that plateau. And it takes time to pay that price coming back. It takes time to get those contracts off your payroll. It takes time to rebuild what you've lost because you didn't just go out there and get I'm, I'm, I know I'm ranting here I'm sorry uh, you it takes time to fix what you broke and what I mean by that is this if you went out there and got say a CJ Wilson and an Albert Pujols and a Mr. Hamilton and they come in there and they occupy a spot in that roster you were counting on them to be there for a long time and if that's the case other guys who will come up to your farm system and take that spot, what would you do with them? Well, you don't have room for them. They got to go. You have to trade them. You have to trade them because you don't have a spot for them. And what do the Angels do? They trade them. 
They let well, they had. And yeah. so we wiped out the entire farm system trying to get that big win, trying to get that big, that big year, and it didn't happen. Yeah, but if yeah, I know, and that's the problem. It didn't happen. If you go back in time, though, isn't that kind of the game? Like everybody's got a lot of people got a lot of money. The Yankees, the Red Sox, the um, and uh, out there, and, and they got a lot of money. But I think what the Angels at the time it was short sighted because they did put a lot on the end, but they were they offered the length of the contract, and I think that was the attractiveness for Pujols was the length of the contract and. I've talked to people, talked to friends, and I've always thought, you know, baseball is a business as well as a as a as a sport. And, you know, they are getting I don't you know, are they getting, uh, you know, the um, publicity out of the, you know, all the milestones that he's hitting with the Angels because he's hitting all his big milestones wearing an angel uniform. Um, so I I, could they have looked at it at, at the end that they'll make their money, they'll make money on it. Maybe not necessarily be competitive, but make money on it at the latter part of his career right now when he's really killing us on, on the field. Well, here's, but here's my counter to that, all right? And this actually goes in line with, with a comment I saw today in Facebook. A man said that arguing the real reason why, why the Angels re-signed Trout, and the, re, the reason he's saying is because the Angels are going to make money off it. Well, yeah, that's true, but... Would the Angels not make more money if they had a more well-stocked roster that's winning? Or are they going to make money off one dude who, who attracts fans to the ballpark? Well, you've seen, you've seen Angel fans. Uh, I mean, you know, they, uh, they, uh, you commented on the, on the amount of the, you know, Derek, there are people like me. There are people, you know, I, I do want to win. I do want to win, but I love going to the ballpark and I do love seeing exciting things. I would like to see him hit his, uh, his, uh, RBI, his 2000 RBI. Sure. Um, and, um, I don't think that's not going to happen here. Um, and, uh, I was there at his, uh, what was it? Um, his, uh, what was his last milestone? This hit. I was there for hit 2000. We, I saw him get 2,999. And, um, and then he went on the road and did it on the road. Um, so there, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, if you want to say it's a business, it, it, I'm going to go into a little. I, I kind of mentioned this to you earlier, if you, if you don't mind. One of the things I noticed when, um, when Trout is when before the games is Trout is almost always standing next to Albert Pujols and talking to Albert Pujols. Do you think that 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 there's any persuasion there, and that Albert, you know, uh, Trout looking to Pujols as a mentor, um, that there might have been that might have been anything that might have been innuendo in the contract negotiations with him? You know, I don't know. I, I wish I looked to see more reports on that. I, I think that both men understand it's a business, especially where Pujols is up there in age. I would tend to think that. It would influence Trout one way or the other. But you know what? Pujols also left St. Louis when he could have stayed. He could have taken less money to stay, so Trout didn't do that. So they're still different people. I, I don't know, man. I need to get that some more thought. I can say this, though. Going back to the, the Pujols milestones, and then later on when we're going to see Mike Trout make their milestones, Aren't those moments fleeting? Like fans will come out for the game in hopes of seeing 3,000 hits or somebody or 2,000 RBIs or somebody. But are they going to come out every single day 
when a team is not playing well to watch one person play? I think I think Angel I think Angel attendance is pretty steady. I think the people that will come will come. Um, again, we have that other team down uh, down um, uh, up north from us that has a lot of attention. Um, again, um, but no, I understand your point. Yes, obviously you're not signing him for uh, th- uh, three bobblehead nights, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, um, all of which. I will have, <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating, but I don't know. I mean, I do, I, I do understand everybody's frustration with pull holes and would I like to replace him with somebody else? But um, he's not, he's not, a, he's not a dreadful player. I mean, he's not the worst hitter on our team, um, but I understand. You know, this is more of the fan. I'm not being a, I'm not being a, uh, an analytical guy. I'm just being a fan guy. Well, sure. But you know what? It's, it's not just that it's, it's, you know, it's the money overall. You can tolerate the numbers being down if you weren't paying 28 mil a year. I guess overall, my point though, is this, if you think that the angels are paying Mike Trout a bunch of money, just because that's their plan, like you going back to our last episode, then you need to put the crack pipe down, okay, and seek therapy immediately because there's more to the plan. And it's not right, in my view, to go back to Artie Moreno, for example, and blame him. When Artie Moreno did the job to keep his star, nobody go back, go go do a Go do a Twitter search on Mike Trout and look three months back and look at the conversations that were going on, on social media. Nobody thought he's staying with the Angels. Nobody. I thought my, he was gone. I, I'm raising my hand. I thought he was gone too, especially when they they did the they did the put on the football uniforms for a special photo shoots, all the major league, and he put on a Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, uh, Jersey. He went to the the Philadelphia Eagles uh, Super Bowl win. I uh, partied with them. Um, I honestly and all my coworkers, mostly Dodger fans, all were telling me he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. I was as surprised, not maybe not as surprised as when they uh, uh, um, got uh, Josh Hamilton many years ago. That just came out. Oh, how about um, Vladimir Guerrero? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was shocking to me. That was I was on the same level when I heard he resigned. But I used to go back to that and go, well, I even I, – I mentioned this last week. At, I wrote an article saying trade him now. Trade him now while you can get m- max value for him. And then a few days later, he resigned. Made me look like a fool. But the reality was is nobody believed he was staying. And he, he had to have believed long-term – that the Angels had something going. And if you look at the farm system and you look at the people in place right now, they got something going. We don't know how long it's going to take. And I, I see a lot of people criticizing Billy Epler. Billy Epler had to clean up a mess, a huge mess. And we need to be we need to be open about this too. I know we have a lot of people who love themselves some Mike Sosha. Mike Sosha was part of that mess. 
He wasn't perfect. Oh, no, absolutely. He was he was he was he was uh, authoritarian. You know, he was they were his general managers. I think it was reversed. He had more say. You know, that's why he they had butted and we. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, I, I will. I will accept his blame. Um, but going back to the trial, uh, that he's definitely to blame. He's very old school. He's very. Uh, yeah. Um, but but um, going back to not Mike, not signing Mike Trout. Angel fans are patient, but we would have. I don't think they would have been patient had you not made the full maximum offer that you could make to Mike Trout. So uh, I don't. I if they traded him. I, I it would have been disappointing to me because may, okay maybe we're not going to win a World Series this year, but we got the best player on the planet and we still got a chance for we got ten more chances. So I would actually twelve more chances. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that would have gone over big in Angel in Angel Land. Well, no, it wouldn't and you know, that really put him in Artemir in a bind. You know, we're actually pretty. I think. Angel fans and the Angels are pretty fortunate that he didn't drive a harder bargain. Quite frankly, he could have driven a harder bargain. He's, oh, I he's, agree. His his salary numbers are are very close to what he he's getting paid now for the next twelve years. He well, could have I was very, a much harder bargain. I was I was very surprised when he said, and and I it felt it was with complete sincerity. He said when after he signed, he said, "I was never going anywhere. I was never going anywhere." I mean, I guess you can announce that, but he. I, and I believe him. So I mean, I, that's that's that just endears you. That that endears you as an all timer to uh, any Angel fan's heart. Well, I don't know that I entirely believe that because I think you'd be nuts to stay knowing a club wasn't going anywhere. The guy wants to win. Any competitor wants to win. You're not just going to stay just to stay. I think that he wanted to stay, and I think that he was presented with a plan that made sure he would stay. That's what I think happened. And that makes it a lot easier to say, you know what, I'm happy here. I will stay here when they when they produce a full court, a full plan with the farm system and everything to make you feel like, okay, you know what, I can do this. I can stick around and I can be a part of this because I know we're heading in the right direction. It's, he has a lot of integrity, but it, no, honestly, Derek, I, I would have signed with the Yankees. I would have signed with the Red Sox. I would have signed with, yeah, I mean, I, I can, those are the two that jump off the top of my head. I would have probably left because if I wanted to win, um, and uh, he does get a lot of attention, but obviously, what was it, the commissioner last year? Was it a couple of years ago? He called him out and said he's not a good ambassador to the game, I guess, because where he's located, or <laughs> which well, is absolutely ridiculous. That's, that, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. That's yeah, absolutely that idiotic. Oh yeah, that was a couple you know. years ago. Yeah, the commissioner called him out and said he wasn't he wasn't a, a good. He didn't call him a good ambassador. He said he's not a good ambassador. I'll send you that link. And because Angel fans got outraged, it was it was just. I mean, this is a guy that, that signs every day. He's out there on the field signing every day. I mean, he's just such a. He's a regular guy. Just comes off as a regular guy. Well, but even regular guys want to make their dough, and even regular guys want to win. And so I, I used to go back and say, you know, I would. If it was all about winning, sure, you're gone. If it's mostly about winning, you're still probably gone. If it was about winning and other stuff, then you don't quite walk away. You see if you can make it work. And that's what I think it was about for him. Well, he's got a while to go and he's got a good owner. And, I mean, we'll see. We, he's got a, so he's got a good general manager. 
So all the found he's got all the foundations, and we'll see how Osmus works out. I mean, he's 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 fine. I mean, I don't see anything good or bad about him at this point. So there's a good foundation here, um, a generous owner and a and a good GM. So and uh, and ten, and twelve years. So I look at it and go, let's just wait this out. I still think this is a seventy five ish win team. You know, I think I I reduced that. They're not a team that's going to go out there and beat the Astros a whole lot. We saw that this weekend. The Astros outscored 24-6. to I mean, that's pretty brutal. We still saw some flashes with the bat, especially with the lineup changes. Cole Calhoun getting moved down. You were excited about that, right? I was, yeah. Very, and then look, it worked out. We were on a – like I said, I'm in Friday still. We were on a four-game win streak right now. So, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, folks, we are looking for sponsors. If you like what we're doing and you want to help, you know – John, get out of the, of the garage or the shed or wherever his wife puts him. Reach out to us, talkinghalesgmail.com. And, you know, we'd love to work with you to hopefully do some good advertising for your company to make a difference for you and hopefully you can make a difference for us. You can also do us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. And there you go. Now, there is another thing, too, we should talk about here. We haven't done one of these yet. We have what we call... The Farm Report, where we act, I actually go now once a week and look down the farm and see how our young prospects are doing. Needless to say, it wasn't the, uh, the best showing this week for many of our folks, but I do have some stats to update you with. Before we do, John, are, are, there, any, are there any of our guys right now on the farm that you're looking forward to seeing in an Angels uniform soon? Well, the one that I wanted to see uh, is is pitching again on two. He's pitching in Detroit, Canning. Um, and let me pull out my report here. Well, yeah, Canning's, but he's already up. I'm talking about still on the farm. No, I don't have somebody off the top of my head. Let me pull this well, up here. I, I'm wanting, you know, who I'm wanting to see. I'm actually wanting to see Matt Tice come up soon at some point here. I want to see. A guy by the name of Jared Walsh sitting down there. He's a two-way guy in at Salt Lake right now. And, you know, Patrick Sandoval, who was originally a guy who was kind of projected as a as a four starter in the majors. Now we're starting to see him come and get things together down in the farm as well. Here are the stats in our farm report. Look at the heading right now. So notables, Joe Adele, you know, is still hurt. He hasn't played a game yet. Brandon Marsh at Double A Mobile, he is right now not his, his his stats don't look too hot. Two forty two, a home run, ten RBI, not the best. Um, right, but Matt Tice down in Salt Lake, twenty seven games, he's hit two home runs, twelve RBIs, two sixty nine average. Doing a solid job keeping a strike-to-walk ratio. He's at 20 walks already this year. The The guy I'm looking at had a great week and is doing pretty well here is Jared Walsh on there at Salt Lake. He is currently hitting 290. As this and these are updated earlier today, so we might not have the, the afternoon games, but he's got eight home runs, 21 RBI out there at Salt Lake. Those, those are the guys we're looking at. Overall, the hitters on the farm – they're struggling right now, our top 30. So hopefully they can turn that around. The pitching, Griffin Cannon, you know, has been called up. 
He, at the time, had a 1-0 record with a .56 ERA, so it's nice to see um, him make the move, and, and he did pretty well there. Also, the another person making a move is Jose Soriano down there at single A, 2-2 two two record with a 2.13 ERA, 25 innings pitched, 25 and a third, with 23 strikeouts, 17 walks. He's having a little bit of a hard time to control. His stuff is good stuff. I mean, it's just he's, he's learning the control game. That's been a problem for him. Also down at double A and single A, he's been making the move here, it's Luis Madero. He's got a 3-2-4 great, uh, sorry, ERA, the 1-2 record, 25 innings pitched, and 29 strikeouts and 10 walks. Not too shabby there. Jesus Castillo down at Mobile, double A. He's um, struggling a bit as well. Six zero and four, six four six ERA. Jeremy Beasley down at Mobile, one and two, three six three ERA. He's got five starts under his belt and is um, twenty seven strikeouts, eleven Ks. So we're starting to see some movement. Hector Yan in single A, uh, twenty nine strikeouts, twenty six strikeouts in. 18 and two-thirds innings, but however, however, he's getting hit pretty hard at a 4.82 ERA. So that's our far report right now. Those names sound familiar to you now I've woken you up well, a little bit? Yeah, well, let, let me let, let me ask you, though, like when, when they're in the farm, when they're down in the single A, double A, I mean, how important are stats? I know they are important, but I mean, uh, they are working on mechanics and, and um. Are, are does it really do there because you know some of these numbers are some of these numbers are great some of these numbers are just okay i mean you just the, to the average fan it would say you know the guy's got an era of you know in the fours and he's in the minor leagues what how could you bring him up um is that does that have to do with uh more of them working on things well it's both you gotta remember that's i this goes back to that discussion i was talking about earlier and people in in facebook who were talking about how you know, trash and already. Well, what does already do with the farm system? Is everything to do with the farm system? The farm system is meant to develop your people. So there's a reason why they're not in the major leagues yet. So you need to work on the things to get your mechanics right, to get your velocity up, and you know your core strength. It's not just playing go out there and playing baseball. That is a major part of your development. That's why Griffin Canning moved up the rankings as much as he did. Look at the moves he made in fixing mechanics and. And getting his velocity up and, and improving as a pitcher between the draft and to when he made his major debut. Mm-hmm. Also, so I look at that and you go, yeah, sure, just the farm system keeps people basically in development. But there's a whole reason it's called the farm system. You are farming for the future. You are building these people up for the future. And as they go through the rankings here, we're going to see that. Now, there are several guys in the top top 30 who have not played yet due to injury or in cases like Deshaun Knowles and Jeremiah Jackson, their season hasn't started yet. Trent Devo, Devo has not started yet. Jose Suarez has not started yet. They're in early rookie league ball, so we will get more of an update. And those guys, especially early in the rankings there, uh, Jackson and Knowles, we may see them start moving pretty quickly. Some of these guys are not expected to major until 2022. Some are expected this year. So we'll see. Brandon Marsh, he the first one I mentioned, he's got a, um, a two forty two average. Basically, we're just waiting on his bat to catch up with his glove. 
And once we see that happen, he's going to be up at the major league level. So that's our thirty, our top 30 farm lists. Uh, for this week, we also are going to start gearing towards the draft. The draft's a month away, and you know you got a lot of homework, John. I'm putting a lot of homework on you. you all. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to. I might even have to go attend some of these games in the Inland Empire because those are those are not too far from my house. I would. It's dirt cheap. Yeah. Get to watch some of these guys um, up close. See how they're how they're progressing. I would, if I could go, I would. I really would. And, and price is not a night. Price is not an issue, but you'd be surprised. Uh, you can get into an angel game pretty cheap. Uh, I, I'll bet you it's very comparable in price. I bet you it, price wise, it's probably very well, comparable. If you want to I mean, sit in the nosebleeds at Angel Stadium, sure. That's me, man. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, okay. So we kind of want to end the show just looking back at the series because one of the things that you know we really I think. We're shocked by. Now, let me rephrase that. Not shocked, but maybe startled a bit was just how far apart the Astros and Angels were in this series. It's been a whirlwind of a season. We have losing streaks, winning streaks, losing streaks, winning streaks. Angels come in having won six of seven, and they get blown off the ball by the Astros. Is this really how far apart these two teams are right now? Oh, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, we've said they they have consistency. They have, I mean, they have, I mean, you know, like I said, well, we have Mike Trout, so that's not fair. But, you know, they have an MVP, (laughs) uh, uh, Jose Altuve. You know, they got, uh, you know, just just the difference today in the starting pitching when I'm watching Justin Verlander pitching into the sixth inning. And he gave up what he'd given up two runs at that point or two or three, you know, three. And, and and there's not even. Yeah. And, and there's no there's like no even no, not even thinking about taking him. You know, there's um, I just this is a team that's been there. This is a team that's been there and done that. So uh, they're only two years away from a, a World Series. So I think there's a world of difference between I, I was score wise. I wasn't expecting that much of a difference, but obviously, mm, yeah, we're we're not we're not on their level right now. Well, I think we knew that before we went in there, but we were just hoping because we just come off a four game win streak, and we thought everything might have been turned around a little bit. I mean, at least start not turned around, but at least starting to head in in a better direction. And then we just got cold water thrown in our face. I don't look at it as being sad or upsetting. I really don't. I I look at it as. This is the nature of the game. It was the same way with the Yankees over many, many years, beating up on the Orioles and the Blue Jays. The Indians, getting, you know, when they were during that 90s, early 2000s, they were beating up on the White Sox and Royals. And, you know what? Hey, the Angels, during their dominant stretch, beating up on the Mariners. Can't forget that. <laughs> I, I look at that and I go, it's cyclical. If you do this right, sooner or later, you are going to see a shift back the Angels' way. And believe it or not, to me, the Astros are the perfect way. They provide the perfect blueprint to what the Angels need to do. The Astros are built through the farm system. People forget that, that after the, the basically the Clemens and Andy Pettit years and all those years, the Astros went into 
the doldrums of baseball to the, the basement of baseball and they stayed there and they unloaded every star they had and they reloaded their farm system and they were horrible for a couple you remember how they were awful do you remember how bad they were i just yeah i don't think we need to be that bad. i don't think we need to be that bad but i do think we need to be patient and that's why well, I, I i let's just say i wasn't sad that we lost i knew i i didn't have i i kind of was you know i was high on the four game win streak but i kind of knew that this was going to happen well but uh John, I'm not advocating that they go off and be as bad as as Houston was, but you can focus in on re, reloading that farm system and, and bringing those people up together. And that's the example to me the Astros said, is they they went to much further extremes than I think the Angels can do because of Trout. But what they did was we say we are going to commit to building this thing from the bottom and going on up. And that's what the Angels have to do. Build from the bottom and move up. And I got to assume that that's their plan at this point. Well, we've talked about it, right? That's their plan. Yeah. Yeah, that's the plan. So, but people, the fans just, but fans, you know, I mean, you go on, you go on, like I said, you go on social media, they're, they're, they're losing their minds. But I mean, I don't know what you're expecting. We're, you know, they're, uh, you're playing like again, the Houston Astros. Um, And, but, yeah, no, I'm, there's a plan, and I, this does, a game like a, a series like this doesn't worry me. I just enjoy the I, ju- I enjoy the highs, and you know the lows are the lows, and uh, there's always tomorrow. I think, but I think you're you might be a little bit wrong. Okay, I there's not a tomorrow. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> there's hopefully always. One. But earlier in the show, you mentioned that that the angels. You mentioned that they they tend to draw pretty well no matter what. The, the fans just show. I I don't think that's always going to be the case. I think we've, we, you have seen a downturn of attendance in the last couple of years, little by little. And I think that fans do have an expectation. Go back and look at what the, what the team did between 2002 and... And even all the way up until the last major winning season, 2014, the stretch they had there of success. Mm-hmm. Fans get used to that. I go back, look at the Atlanta Braves, the early 90s. When they, oh my gosh, they were so awful at the end of the A's. And then they, they figured it out and they were dominant under Bobby Cox. Those first mm-hmm. couple years in Atlanta, they filled, they filled Atlanta Fulton County Stadium and then Turner Field to the brim. Okay, until about the late 90s. And then even though they kept winning, people stopped going as much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there, yeah, is there my a, dog's Sorry. Your, your dog's attacking? <laughs> Somebody In a live podcast, I can't cut this out because John <laughs> had to get a dog. <laughs> My God. Okay. So, well, it, but okay. Look. So, I just look. I just took a quick look at last year's attendance. Angels are sixth in attendance. I'm not being that, critical. That, I'm not saying people aren't going. I'm saying we're starting to see a little bit of a downturn in it because people are, do expect them to win. At least some people are expecting this team to be better. You can go on the Facebook groups. You can look on social media. You can see that people are expecting them to be better than they are. I mean, there, and that's paid attendance. So, like, and, and which we explained last time, you go to the game and and it doesn't look like it's full. 
especially after the seventh inning or eighth inning. Maybe if we start winning, they'll, they'll, they might start staying uh, later. Maybe we could see it, an increase in that. Um, but uh, I think there, obviously there's a lot of season ticket holders uh, of Angels of for the Angels because uh, to sustain that sort of attendance that we have. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying that the team doesn't draw well. I think it's a myth when people talk about LA and SoCal fans overall, Anaheim, LA fans, that the that they're a bunch of fairweather fans because year in and year out, the Angels and the Dodgers are in the top ten. The Galaxy last, are ranked up last, in attendance. Last year, the Dodgers were number one. Yeah. So to have the Dodgers number one and the Angels still be number six, that's a. Uh, it's a lot of fans. Well, look at the Galaxy. Look at the Lakers, the Clippers. They all draw. The Lakers yeah. suck for years, and they still nearly sell out every game. I mean, it's ridiculous to me when people talk about the fan. I'm not I'm not saying that fans aren't showing. I'm just saying that if you look at the numbers, you are seeing a little bit less, a little bit of a drop in the overall attendance. Yeah, well. That's just what I'm, we're seeing. I know. No, I, I, understand. I totally understand what you're saying. But I just think if you're a fan, you're a fan. And, you know, when you got it, you got to. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I understand. No, I, I, I'm not saying that we, we like I, I think I said it last time that we can't be the, um, you know, we're not going to wait 30 years to win a World Series. Oh, I guess like the Angels. I mean, like the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they obviously don't mind. Look, it's been 30 years for them and, and they're still and they're still uh, number one in attendance. I mean, it's still, it's still, um, it is the way of LA. All right. So, I mean, let's, let's put a cap on this and hopefully move on because I don't think we could talk any more about <laughs> how far apart these two teams are. I think that the Angels have a blueprint in front of them to get what the Astros did. I think they're following that blueprint as they're, as they're building this far some back up. We just go back two years and you know they were the worst in the league. Now they're hedging towards the top 10. Top 15 definitely, usually ranked around 12 or 11 or so on and so forth. So they're on the way. They're on the way. Is there any argument saying otherwise in your view? No. No, I agree. Okay. So, folks, don't follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos, or you can find our page on Facebook called, well, Talking Halos. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paul and John at JEG. S C R A I N E. I love how you struggle with that every week. <laughs> every week, okay. Jeg's Crane. Jeg's Crane. Okay. You got to spell my last name because my, my last name has an A, has an I and an E. That always throws people off. Yeah. But uh, the short short version is Jeg's Crane. Don't forget us on iTunes or on Spreaker. We're in, on several outlets now. And uh, hey, subscribe, okay? For John. This is Derek C. Apollo saying good night, go Halos, and here's the next one. Drama. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of the lane is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness.
Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.